IRS rules uh, and regulations that were created back in 1975 allow you to do many different things and allow you to invest in many different um, asset categories, I, I guess you could say. So you, you can certainly do things beyond the stocks, bonds, and mutual funds that you would find in a, in a more conventional or, or traditional brokerage firm or, or an account with those institutions. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Scott Marr. Scott is the Vice President of Sales for Advanta IRA, uh, a nationwide self-directed IRA administrator. He's worked for Advanta since 2006. Actually, personally, uh, Scott has been my connection at Advanta IRA. So um, I'm, I'm very excited to have you on, Scott. I, I know there's, there's more to your bio, but I, I always find it more interesting to uh, let the guests tell their story themselves. So um, first, let me just say thank you for coming on and, and taking the time out today to talk to us. I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, love coming on and, and talking about what we do and kind of add a, a, a little bit more on my bio. Yeah, you said I started in 2006 uh, with Advanta IRA. I had a different name back then, but so I've been doing this for, for over, geez, almost almost 18 years now. Um, I knew very little about uh, retirement plans in general, much less the self-directed aspect of it when, when I first started. So it was kind of one of my really first professional um job that I had. I, mean, I worked in, in some, I worked in recreation and worked in youth programming and, and doing summer camps, basketball leagues, things like that uh, on a local level. But once I got into, you know, I went to law school, got out of law school, uh, started working for Advanta IRA. And like I said, knew very little about what we did uh, or what we do um, and spent you know, a lot of time early on just learning the business. And I've been fortunate enough uh, to, be, to be with the company this long. And uh, you know, knowledge basis has just certainly grew, grown from there. And I've enjoyed speaking to people like yourselves and and investors and, and clients and really telling them about what, you know, what a self-directed IRA is and, and, you know, all of the background information that that entails. Yeah. And we'll, th those are specific topics that I do want to ask you about, you know, kind of mm -hmm. di diving in on it, but so. you, you're an attorney. How, so how did you kind of make the connection to Advanta? How did you get involved with them? It, I know you're not really at least at this point, working on their sort of legal side of things. So what right. is, how, how did that come to be? Sure. So yeah, going, going to law school and, and even when I went to law school, I knew that I wasn't going to be, you know, what you see on TV, the courtroom attorney, you know, even though it's, it, it's, it has that allure and it's not saying I wouldn't have the, uh, the capacity to do that or uh, the ability to just wasn't something that interests me. So I knew going to law school was really a, about, Getting a degree, getting a degree, getting the education that would help open up, uh, you know, other doors, or you know, whether it was it could be a transactional attorney, like in estates and trusts, and, and and doing things like that. Um, so when I got out of law school, um, I was like, oh, I need you know, let's go go find a go find somewhere to work. And our owner, uh, Jack Callahan, uh, owner of Advance, is also an attorney, um, and so that's how I got connected uh, in with this company. Um, and to get started at the time, he was you know just a few employees and looking to grow. Um, you know, he, he and I connected there and I've, I've been here since, but I still do some legal work, um, not for, as you mentioned, not for Advanta clients. I'm not permitted to do that, but I do do some, you know, LLC corporate setups. I do some, uh, a little mm -hmm. estate planning things here that can draft, you know, some, some documents. So I, I do keep some of that, 
but yeah, when I went to law school, I had no, there was never a, a time I was like, Hey, I really need to be in the courtroom. I want to be a prosecutor. I want to be a defender, you know, defense attorney, anything like that. Um, it was more about, you know, it's getting the education and, and getting that kind of foundation to move on to other things. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, until I got, you know, sort of more heavily into real estate, I, I didn't, I, I probably thought of, you know, being attorney was very much what you see on TV, what, you know, kind of that sort of thing. And um, certainly that's, that can be a part of it, but there's so many other aspects within business and real estate and all of that, where that background and knowledge comes into play, you know, sort of tremendously. So uh, I, I now see those connections, but I think like for, for, you know, people listening, may, they may not understand where that would, where that would make sense. Um, well, let's start with sort of the, the basics um, in, in terms of, of self-directed IRA. Can you sort of describe that to someone if, you know, someone's like, well, I, I've heard of an IRA, but I don't really understand what, like, maybe they're already picking their own stocks in that IRA and they think it's a self-directed, mm -hmm. but um, I think there are a couple of maybe common misconceptions that would be great to touch on. No, I, I, you're hitting a nail on the head. I mean, it's it's yeah, kind of the you know people who have say, oh, I have a, like I said, I have a self-directed IRA through my brokerage firm. It's a little bit of a misnomer in in our estimation, simply because, yeah, you're still you're still limited to what is available on that particular platform. Um, but the IRS rules uh, and regulations that were created back in 1975 allow you to do many different things and allow you to invest in many different. Um, asset categories, I, I guess you could say. So you, you can certainly do things beyond the stocks, bonds, and mutual funds that you would find in a, in a more conventional or, or traditional brokerage firm or, or an account with those institutions. Um, like I said, the IRS has a much broader range of things they will allow you to invest in. So that's kind of where, where companies like ourselves come in. What we consider to be a truly self-directed IRA is not where you're, say, like you said, picking from a number of different stocks you're actually picking from different asset classes, whether whether it's real estate. And I mean, real estate, you, you open up that term and you have, you know, anything from single family rentals to rehabs to multifamily to tax deeds. And there's so many, so many different things there. Um, and then going beyond into, you know, private placements and precious metals. There's, there's a lot of different things you can do. And that's really what, what a self-directed IRA, again, how we define it is the ability to choose really your own investment class and, and, and choose things beyond maybe what you're being fed or what you're being forced into or, or, or limited by uh, those brokerage firms. And so that's why we exist to allow people to hold those investments that, that make the most sense to them, uh, maybe things they feel more comfortable with. Uh, that's that's where we come into the picture uh, and facilitating that, allowing you to, to keep the tax protections of your IRAs and, and whatnot. But the self-directed IRA, the word self-directed really is just a moniker, it's almost even just a marketing term to refer to what you can do with it. Uh, but at the core, the IRAs, uh, still traditional, Roth, uh, things like that, where you're maintaining the same contribution distribution rules. Um, you're just getting a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more diversity in what you can actually invest in. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great way you wrap that up is, is really a great description, at least from my understanding is it's just, it allows you to be, have more diversification within your IRA because so I think self-directed calling them self-directed IRAs sort of almost does it a disservice because it does. I, did, I do think it makes it confusing for people that might think they already have. I mean, I've talked to investors and they're like, no, I, I do. I, I self-direct my own IRA. Sure. If, if you've got it with a brokerage firm, you might be picking your own stocks, but you know, you, you're, you're sort of limited beyond that. Um, 
which which brings the question can you invest in stocks like in the stock market through a self-directed ira with with advanta yeah not 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 directly through us but simply because because we are not a broker dealer um if you had cash with us and said go buy you know 10 shares of amazon or apple we we can't do it on on that because we don't have the platform to do it um but i think maybe kind of leading into something i always like to, to point out is that you are permitted an indiv any individual is permitted to have multiple ira accounts so you can have an ira with with a schwab or fidelity you can have an ira with advantage doing different things and you can move money between the accounts whenever you'd like there's no tax consequence there's no restriction on doing it so mm -hmm. yeah we can't can't buy those directly through us because we're not a brokerage firm but you could you know, if that's what you if those are some of the things you're looking to do you just simply keep an IRA, or you'd open an IRA on a platform that would allow you to do that. And you could certainly have an account with us that enables you to take advantage of, of the alternative investments. Yeah. And that, and that, I guess, goes back to that diversity term or diversification within your portfolio, because that, I mean, and, and just for people listening, like this, I did exactly that. I took, you know, I had, had an IRA, I took a piece of it and moved it over to a self-directed IRA at Advanta so that I could invest in something. Um, it, and again, here, here to that diversification, I've got uh, my account at Advanta, I've got some of it invested in a, a um, multifamily real estate fund, but I've also got some of it invested as actually essentially like a venture capital startup type of investment. So there's, <clears throat> It's just cool to be able to kind of do whatever you want and then keep it within that same IRA and, and have those same, as you mentioned, the rules. Will you go over those rules just for people, you know, that again, I think there's a lot of people that maybe just don't quite understand, uh, maybe explain the difference between uh, traditional IRA, Roth IRA and, and sort of for for people to, to understand how that all works. Sure. Yeah. So there, the IRS has a couple of different types of IRAs, and I think, and some can make more sense than the others if you're looking to set one up and get started anew. The differences between the accounts come down to one of two things, typically either of the tax treatment uh, mm -hmm. of the money you put in and the money you pull out, and when it's taxed, um, and also the amount you can contribute um, on on a given year. Um, so there are traditional and Roth IRAs, the two most common types of IRA accounts. Uh, a traditional IRA is we call it a tax deferred or a pre-tax IRA where your contributions that you've made to those accounts over the year, you, you get a tax deduction up front. Uh, when you're filing your 1040, uh, every April you, you make a contribution to a traditional IRA, you get a write-off. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the benefit you get now. Uh, the money grows tax deferred. You don't pay tax really with any IRA as you invest and reinvest it. Um, but with a traditional IRA, because that money has not been taxed yet, when you do hit the retirement age, uh, you get past age 59 and a half, or you're hitting you know, your early 70s when you're required to take money out, um, you're taxed on the money at that time. Um, so you get the benefit of the, the tax deferred growth, so you can compound your money more quickly, but you will pay tax down the line. Then you have the, the reverse or the converse of that, really the Roth IRA, where you make contributions to a Roth IRA account, uh, you do not get that immediate tax deduction when you file your tax return. Um, so, but that money is deemed to go in then on an after-tax or post-tax basis. Your money grows tax-deferred as you invest and reinvest it. And when you hit retirement age, the entirety of your account, you pull money out is completely tax-free. Um, so that's the, the, the huge difference again between your traditional IRAs and your Roth IRAs is gonna be the tax treatment. Um, most people who have old 401ks um, 
you know, they may have built up a, a lot of savings working for a company or working for the government or working for an entity that had one of those employer type plans. Uh, many of those plans are pre-tax. So you typically roll those into a traditional IRA, but we're seeing more and more of those types of accounts where they do have Roth components to them as well. So um, the, again, so the difference between traditional and Roth IRA is going to be the tax treatment. Um, then there are also SEP IRAs. There are simple yeah. IRA accounts for small businesses where you can just simply contribute more in a given uh, in a given year if you're self-employed. And there's solo 401k accounts that kind of fall in line with the SEPs and the simples. Simply, again, just you get to contribute more money as a self-employed individual or the owner of a small business or a side business. Um, just just gives you more you know more that you can sock away each year. Yeah. And then we have a, uh, within my company, we have a SEP IRA. We do, we do that. You know, I contribute for myself and my employees through the SEP IRA and it's, you know, up to, up to 25, I believe the, the max is 25% of, <clears throat> uh, of your income in that year. So it's a nice, Correct. it's not, it's not as good as the solo one four hundred one or solo four hundred one k in terms of the amount you can put into those accounts, but it's a it's a nice option to have and, and a benefit to be able to give employees. <clears throat> Absolutely, and it's I get to think the maximum. So the maximum traditional Roth contribution for twenty twenty four going is going to be seven thousand dollars a year or eight thousand if you're over fifty. But yeah, for people who are self employed or have a small business like yourself, the SEP contributions up to 25% to a maximum of, I think, 69,000 for 2024. So yeah, just much larger amount you can potentially put in there, whether it's for yourself yeah. or for you and your employees. Yeah, and it, it's it's hard to get, it's hard to get to the point, it, stocks are different, but like if you're trying to invest in, in some of the, you know, non-traditional assets, it's hard to get to the point of having an investable amount when you're putting in, you know, $7,000 a year, it takes a long time to get to that. So it is nice to be able to do it in, in bigger chunks uh, and, and sort of grow that retirement fund faster through one of the, you know, sort of business related accounts. So <clears throat> when, when someone decides to open a, an account at Advanta, um, can you, maybe walk people through the, the process, uh, you know, of, of what, what they can expect to happen and, and how that how that all works towards getting themselves to, to have a self-directed IRA. Sure, yeah, the, the process itself and, and to, to go, so the process is, and this is why some of the brokerage firms choose not to deal with this, there's, there's more paperwork involved when you're self-directing and that's, you know, when you're opening up an account with us, it's probably the, the same same process up front but obviously when you go to make investments it's it's a bit different than buying a stock but the the initial process is filling out the information with us uh that you would do if you were opening up a bank account or, or an ira with a brokerage firm you're you know giving us the, you're filling out an application that contains your name and, and you know vital information um you're designating your beneficiaries um you know to, who would receive the account if you were to pass um, and then the last step really of the, of the op opening process is getting your funds moved. Um, you know, are your funds coming from another IRA account? Uh, if so, there's a certain document and certain procedure for that. Uh, or is your money still with that, that old employer's plan? Like you have a 401k or an old 403b plan to a former employer that you, that you would like to roll over into the self-directed IRA. A little different paperwork, different uh, process for that. So that's something that we walk people through. I mean, the paperwork takes 15 minutes to fill out. Uh, getting money transferred from another IRA usually happens within a few days to a week or two. Um, getting money rolled over from an old 401k sometimes can take, you know, a week to maybe three weeks. It really just depends on, on the other side. That's the unfortunate part of the process that we can't control is really dictating right. 
um, saying, oh yeah, we'll definitely have your money by this date because we are relying upon that, your other custodian, your other administrator to get those funds to us. But uh, transferring from another IRA, rolling over from an old 401k, again, both are tax-free movements of money. Uh, that's the process that we help manage up front, helping you get the account established and then getting those funds transferred or letting you know what you would need to do on your end to help facilitate that part of the process. Yeah, and it, uh, from experience, I, the the dealing with with you folks in that process was not a problem. That was pretty easy. It it really is the getting the money moved from. And it, it seems these other brokerages do not want you to <laughs> pull money out of there. So it, it tends to be uh, a little bit of challenge. It's like they're they're almost dragging their feet on purpose. But that was to me that's the hardest part is just getting it moved over. And I've had that same feedback from people that I have like investors of mine that I have said, Hey, go, you know, talk to the folks at Advanta and, and set up an account there. So it's the problem has always been getting the money over. It's not the, the process itself is, is actually pretty pain-free. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, usually, I mean, I would say probably 90 to 95% of the time it's fairly straightforward. Um, but yeah, you're right. The other five to 10% is can be the other custodian dragging their feet a little bit, or if somebody hasn't liquidated their account by the time we send the request and then things get rejected and pushed back. And, and unfortunately there is no uniform kind of process, um, for, you know, whether documents can be accepted via fax, whether they need a, a special stamp, whether they need originals, things like that. Every custodian in a sense sets their own requirements. And we certainly keep a, a huge database of what those requirements are, but that's sometimes the difference in, Hey, one transfer can take three days and the next one can yeah. take three weeks. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely is the frustrating part for us as well, uh, to manage. Yeah. And, Similarly, sort of on the once you get the funds transferred in and you're and you're going to make a an investment, um, it's and you can certainly expand on this, but it's it's really no to me not very different than if I were to make an investment with cash. It, it there's you know again another paperwork or two to fill out, but uh, it's been. For, for me, it's been, someone's given it to me as a DocuSign, <laughs> filled in most of everything for me. So it does, it, it is a very simple process. And, um, you know, I, I just, I guess, kudos to you and your team that making that uh, kind of easy to manage and get, um, get through the process without, you know, a ton more headache. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're right. Yeah. When, when you're, yeah, we're inve when you're investing through your IRA, the, the important thing is that you always want to preserve the tax status of the entity. Um, as such, you need to make sure that the investments are titled that way. If you were to make an investment using IRA funds, but title it in your personal name, the IRS is going to look at that and figure that you took a distribution from your account. And depending on your age, uh, the type of an account, you could be looking at a lot of, a lot of money in taxes and and penalties. So that's where that's where our kind of second phase of what we do is, is helping administer and, and title the assets, making sure that, you know, the subscription documents, the contracts are titled in the name of the IRA account, uh, as opposed to your name personally. But outside of that, you know, the, yeah, the paperwork is the same. It's a different uh, investor's name that goes on the document. There's a different mm -hmm. tax ID number that's used. We want to make sure that the tax uh, impacts or any tax reporting for the entity are reported back to our tax ID number, not to your social. So it's just little, little small changes like that. But other than that, the paperwork, like you said, Jason is basically the same. It's just going to be uh, a few tweaks here and there, same process uh, involved as well. Yeah. 
on the on the subject of taxes, I think this is um, one of the things. So you know, people uh, one of the big draws to investing in real estate specifically is the tax benefits. And then, so you'll see, you know, kind of social media marketing, things like that. It's going to be like, look at all these tax benefits associated with investing in real estate. Oh, guess what? You can also um, invest out of your, out of a self-directed IRA. Both things are true, but not really together, right? Like there, uh, do, you, do you get what I'm sort of asking here is yes. kind of mm -hmm. how that, um, how that distinction is made. Yes, there are tax benefits to real estate, but if you're investing out of a, a self-directed IRA or retirement account, you're, you're not going to maybe see the same uh, benefits as, as someone who invests essentially their cash or cash or savings. C correct. And that's the important distinction there is that your IRA and you personally are two separate legal entities in the eyes of the IRS. One is a tax exempt entity, your IRA, and the other is, is you as an individual. So yeah, when you invest personally in real estate, yeah, you get a number of uh, benefits on your tax return for write-offs and, and deductions and things like that to limit the taxability of the income you received. Um, so the IRS allows you to take those write-offs because you're because you're having to pay tax on the income. With an IRA, in most circumstances, you're not paying taxes. Uh, you're personally are not paying taxes on the income as it goes back to the IRA account. Um, since so, since the IRA is receiving the income and not you, you cannot then get the benefits of the deductions and the write-offs again, because you personally are not invested. It's your IRA account as the actual investor. So yeah, that's, I think for people who have, let's say you're looking at a $50,000 investment and you could make it personally or through your self-directed IRA, that's an analysis you're going to have. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the tax benefits I would get personally, maybe that's going to make, give me more of a benefit long-term than, than not paying tax on the income. If I do this through my IRA account. Um, so that's certainly an analysis. I think the other way that we encourage people to look at it at times as well is the money you do have in your IRA or you have in your old 401k account, whatever that amount may be, your, your goal should be prior to that retirement age to grow that account as high and as large as you can uh, really and, and get either cons good consistent income or, or you know, just uh, good, good chunks of income into that account. So the more money you have, the more money you'll have to live off of. So in that vein, is an investment into say a syndication or real estate or, or whatever you would do in a self-directed IRA, is that going to potentially give me a better or more consistent return than where my money is at now? So for that same $50,000 investment, if I left that $50,000 in the stock market in three to five years time, where am I going to be better off? Um, so, or where am I going to feel not necessarily, necessarily be better off because you don't know what the stock market's going to do, but can I maybe asleep for the next three to five years and know that that money is being invested and getting a consistent return? So, yeah, that's there's two ways of looking at it. But, yeah, the, the tax consideration, certainly if you're considering IRA versus personal, you're going to look at the, the benefits you get personally that you don't get through the IRA account. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's that's one of the things I think, you know, there's a lot of big topics that people put out there in terms of related to, to investing in any way. And, and it at the end of the day, you have to look at what looks, what is good for your own personal situation. And so it may depend on how old you are. It may depend on, you know, kind of just <laughs> whether you're a considered a real estate professional status or not. Like there's all kinds of, of things, implications there from a tax standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to reiterate that, that you, you did mention there, but I, I think important because I've had, I've gotten this question. If you invest from an IRA, the distributions are going back to the IRA. So you're not 
it, you can't invest from your IRA and then have those distributions come to like your checking account. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Correct. Yeah. Correct. The, the, yeah. The, because yeah, the IRA is the investor. The IRA has to receive the initial income. Now, if you want to later take that money out as a distribution, because you're you know of that age when you can take it out without penalty, right. you can certainly do that, but it does have to come to the IRA first. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, one of the things I, I sort of like about the idea of investing out of a, a self-directed IRA is a lot of people list illiquidity as a con or a negative of investing in real estate. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think sometimes it's better if you can't make <laughs> snap decisions True. and, 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 uh, you know, sell all your stock cause it dropped down a, a little bit. Um, I think sometimes illiquidity is, is a good thing to, to help uh, mitigate some of our emotions when it comes to investing. But if that's a concern of yours, you can still get into real estate by investing through a, uh, self-directed IRA because that illiquidity doesn't really matter any different than, than your normal IRA. So again, as you, as you mentioned before, you can break out some of the IRA that you already have existing and, and put it into real estate. So you have diversification within that retirement portfolio. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, again, going back to my example, you're looking to invest $50,000 and it's, you know, you made the decision, like, I don't want to miss out on this investment opportunity. It's a great return, great operator, you know, this is going to be a home run investment. So I want to make it, where do I pull those funds from? And if you are making that analysis of, I have money in a retirement account that I'm not going to touch for the next, you know, 15, 20 or more years. Um, and if I do, there's penalties involved, or I have my personal savings account, which has plenty of cash in it, but that money is also there for, you know, uh, medical emergencies, loss of jobs, right. uh, th thing, unforeseen life events where you can touch that money more quickly without penalty. Um, Sometimes people say, you know, I like to keep my cash there because I don't know what the next mm -hmm. three to five years holds personally. But I know that the most unlikely place I'm going to touch is my old 401k or my IRA account. And that can be the genesis and the reason behind um, making that investment from the IRA account. Because like you said, there's penalties, there's taxes. If you touch it, most people, like you said, look at it as an illiquid uh, investment. This is not this is this is for me when I turn age 65 or older. That's that's when I'm going to start using that money. So for right now, it doesn't matter if it is if it is tied up in something that's that's illiquid. Yeah, yeah, and um, something else you just sort of brought up that that uh, I wanted to ask about or, or mention it, it the, the um, you said specifically old four hundred one k, and I think that's a um, something that I've, I've run into again. Just these are just personal experience things, but speaking to uh, an investor um, who wanted to invest out of their retirement, didn't have the cash, wanted to invest in real estate, but the 401k that she had is, is her current employer. And so, um, something that's, you know, kind of important for people to know, and, and maybe there are ways around this, but, but if it's a 401k controlled by the employer you work for currently, it's typically not accessible money, uh, that you're not able to really pull that out if, is my understanding. That's, that's correct. That's an unfortunate. But yeah, for the IRS, you know, the rules regarding 401ks, if you're with a current employer, um, that current employer uh, typically gets breaks on the fees that they pay to administer the 401k. Um, and the, and the, and the trade-off is the company providing the 401k service is going to require that any current employer keep their money with you. So you're not able to take that money, move it out to another uh, custodian, out to another IRA account. Um, 
so that that is the, the downside of the current employer plans. Once it becomes a former employer plan, the law does not permit them to hold on to it. Uh, they have to let you at that point roll some out and, and move those monies if you wish. Um, that being said, it's always worth a call, even if you're looking at you have a current employer's plan. Um, you can always call and ask if you have any flexibility. I've run into a number of people over the years who have had the ability to maybe at least take out a portion. Uh, either you know the money's been invested for a certain amount of time or they've reached a certain age um, you know, where they can pull money out. And, and once you hit age 59 and a half, even if you are still employed, you can certainly take the money at that time. Um, that's the, the one exception okay. too. But yeah, once yeah, that's the unfortunate part of the current plans. You, you typically don't have a lot of investment options within those plans uh, as long as you're currently employed. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know that I didn't know that if you were still employed at, at 59 and a half. So that that's an interesting uh, piece to for people mm -hmm. to understand. And, and I I kind of wanted to bring this up, too, because I think people change jobs. That's not uncommon. Um, and I think like a lot of times when people change a job, they just kind of automatically will take they might take that old retirement account, and just roll it over into the new employer's account, which then gets locked up by, in a lot of cases oh. by that new employer. And so if you're changing jobs, you know, anyone who's listening may be valuable to think about at that point, okay, I'm going to take that old 401k and now I'm going to roll that into a self-directed IRA. I'll still have a 401k at the new company to sort of start and continue investing in stocks and have, and, and that's your opportunity to uh, diversify that retirement portfolio like we were talking about. Yeah. I mean, to, to, I mean, we, we, in advance, we don't know supposed to give advice, so to speak, but I would say when you leave an old employer's plan, it almost never makes sense to move it into the new employer's plan unless there's some investment that they have access to that you can't get. Um, otherwise just take your portfolio and move it to the IRA. You're not, again, you're still going to get your contributions at your new company. Um, but you know, self-direction aside, even by taking your old 401k and putting it in a brokerage account IRA, you're going to get far more investment options than what you probably have uh, available to you now. So to me, again, yeah, you're right. People do it because it's easy or, oh yeah, sure. They said I could just move it over. I'll just have everything there. Right. Probably not always your best move financially to do that. Cause you're going to, like I said, you, you could tend, end up locking up that money again or limiting your investment options. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's definitely that the limitation, like I said, I, 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 some of this stuff I learned, unfortunately, because I was talking to someone who wanted to do it and she had already, she had changed jobs, but she rolled all that over into her new 401k. And then it was like, again, locked up. So, um, mm. it, it just, people being aware of this type of scenario, because again, changing jobs, it happens. Like people, most people don't work at a company as long as you've worked at Advanta. So it's, it's kind right. of something to, to keep in mind when you might make that job shift that, Hey, okay, I've got this X amount of dollars in an, in an old 401k. Now's my opportunity to roll it into a self-directed IRA through which I can do whatever I want with it. I can invest in real estate or, or you know, sort of any number of assets. And, and then you still will have whatever your new employer has. So you don't, it's not like rolling that money over into your new plan gets you, you know, sort of vested any faster or anything. It doesn't, it's, it has, right. as you said, there's really no advantage to doing it. So I, I think it's a really good point, important point for people to know. Um, Scott, before I move to the questions that I, I like to ask each guest, is there anything else that, that you think is kind of important for us to get out there 
in the topic of self-directed IRAs for people listening, I, I don't want to miss anything. I've asked a lot of questions based on personal experience, but I don't want to miss anything you feel is important for people to know. Sure. Well, it's piggybacking a little bit on what you were just saying. I think it's important to know. I mean, the, you know, I talk about, you know, we talk about self-directed IRAs and we do seminars and, and webinars. And, um, you know, sometimes we are speaking to the account holder, you know, the IRA account owner and person who would be looking to invest in a project. But I think the other mm -hmm. thing that, that gets missed at times are people who, uh, maybe not so much now, but, you know, when it, certainly several years ago, the people raising capital didn't realize that, you know, what a potential opportunity this was for them to raise money from. I think that's something that gets missed by other people say, I don't have an IRA, but I'm starting a syndication or I'm flipping homes. Why do I, why do I care? Mm -hmm. And the reason is kind of what you were talking about. There's a lot of people when they, you know, some people when they switch jobs, just say, Hey, let me move my old 401k into the new one. They, they just move it over. There are a lot of other people who in the, you know, the, the chaos or whatever's going on of, of switching jobs, maybe they're moving cities, things like that. Forget about their 401k. Yeah. Um, and then they, they get a statement every so often, like, oh, yeah, I got to do something about that. But they don't. They, they forget about <laughs> yeah. it. So there's a lot of people who have money there that would be happy to invest in a project. You know, so keep, keeping that in mind that if you're raising capital, this can certainly be a, a, a good avenue for you um, when investing uh, or you know, looking, looking for those investors, people who have money that they forgot about, didn't know, or as we talked about earlier, they'd rather use that money than, than their personal savings account. Uh, to take advantage. So I think that certainly is, is one thing. Um, you know, the limitations, uh, the only things you can't invest in are you cannot buy life insurance and you cannot buy collectibles. Those are the only two classes of investments. Um, there also are some restrictions on if you wanted to use your IRA um, to invest in, say, a property that you're going to live in, that you're going to use. Uh, you can't lend yourself money. There are some restrictions with, with whom you can deal with, and it's typically going to be you and, and some of your close family members. But again, there's really all different things you can do. And again, as we touched on earlier, it's not an all or nothing strategy, right? You can have, and most of our clients do like, so have an IRA with a brokerage firm holding kind of more conventional or traditional assets. And they have an IRA with us holding, you know, some of these unique alternatives and you're able to have, you are able to have in this case, the best of both worlds and, and move money back and forth between the, between the different types of accounts. Yeah. Yeah, no, great points. And I'm glad you brought up, I was actually uh, meant to ask about that. I know there are rules about you're not allowed to invest out of your own retirement accounts or family retirement accounts into your own deals. I, mean, I know mm -hmm. there are nuances to it that, that maybe there are ways around that, but I know that there are, uh, that's one of the you know, sort of important restrictions. I can't take my own IRA and put it in, in my deal. Yeah. And that's, and that's where the, the, you know, calling me, calling one of people on our staff yeah. here and talking to them about that. Cause yeah, like you said, there's, Little intricacies. Um, there are certain things you definitely can't do, and there's other things where you get in a little bit of gray area, or if you structure it a bit differently, then, then you might get yourself uh, in the clear. So that's where a, just a consultation makes the most sense, and go over your go over your facts, and, and we can let you know how the rules uh, interplay with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let me let me switch gears and uh, ask you the questions I ask every guest. And the first one is sure. is uh, what is your why? You know, the show is called Know Your Why. I always like to know kind of what what's motivating people to, you know, sort of continued success and, and um, growth in their business or whether it's a business or real estate or whatever. Yeah. So I'd say one of the, the whys, I mean, kind of on a personal level, I have wife, two kids, great. We want to provide, obviously provide for them and motivate them and yeah. seeing, you know, seeing them all grow up. I have a, a son who's going to be going to college in another year or so, year and a half. So uh, and it's personal motivation to can continue to strive to do well in the business. But I think 
yeah, I mentioned I've been with the company for almost 18 years. And when I started, there was there was three or four of us. Now we're up over 40 plus employees. Um, and so I want to continue doing well. There's a lot of people that, that we hire that are new or that are, you know, they're relying on, you know, they're relying on the leaders in, in the company, which of which I'm lucky enough to be one um, to continue to grow the company. And that's that's a motivating factor for us is to uh, as a company wanting to continue to grow, build uh, and help support the people that work here. Um, and then really other on the professional level, um, I've always you know, I've been presenting and, and doing things like this for, for several years now uh, and meeting people and getting people to call and talking to them and, and having people say, you know, I'm so glad I found out about this. It's opened up other opportunities It allowed me to get my money into something more I control uh, can control. And so I've always enjoyed having those conversations with people who are kind of get that little that little light goes off or the spark goes off. Of, hey, I can I can do something different. And they get excited about it. They want to talk about it. They want to go through the examples. Um, that's that's been motivating to me to, to continue to help spread the word. It's still you know probably five percent or less uh, of, of retirement accounts are self-directed. So there's a lot more people who don't know about this. And so I've always really enjoyed getting to know those people, talking to them about it, and presenting and and, and seeing those little sparks go off and saying, hey, this is this is great. I'm so glad I found out about it because um, you, you know at that point. You know, it's, it's not about the dollars and cents. You're helping somebody. You're helping somebody then feel more secure about what they're going to do, uh, you know, with their with their retirement accounts. Yeah, I, I think I think it's great. And it, it's funny, you know, you mentioned the uh, sort of making sure that letting people know um, and even even though I know like I already had an Advanta account. I told you I mentioned that sort of venture capital thing. Um, I was presented that deal. I really wanted to invest in it. Didn't have cash. I just, I was like, oh, li li liquidity, liquidity was low. And I said, you know, just messaged, uh, send an email to the, to the sponsor. And I was like, I, I love this. I love what you're doing. I just can't do it right now. And he was like, well, that's great. We'd love to have you on board. Uh, if you have an IRA and I'm like, what an idiot. Like I knew I had, <laughs> I had <laughs> already an accountant Advanta and I are, and I had an, you know, my other IRA and I was like, oh yeah. I can, I can just take some of the money from the, the brokerage account IRA and move it over and be able to invest in this. And it's just, I think it's, it's just one of those things that the, the not knowing and maybe not, not always having it as like your, because most people have those retirement accounts and never pay attention to them until it's time to retire. Like it's, like, mm -hmm. you know, they just kind of right. go along with whatever their employee plan was or whatever. And it just sits there. And then, like my 401k that I had the performance after fees and all that was terrible. Like it was, I, nope. when I left that job, I looked at the numbers and I was like, this isn't good. I mean, it's good. Cause you get, a, if you get match and you get free money along with it, but like the actual performance of the perf the 401k was not good at all. So I, I was like, well, I know I can do better than this in real estate. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of the understanding of all of it and how these things work. I think that it's just so important to, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, glad that, that you're on here today and, and, and we, you know, people can, can find you and have these conversations as well. Yep. No, it's a, like, so I love talking to people that's yeah, like yourself for that, for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, so second question for you, t tell us something about yourself, Scott, that, that isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, anything just to let people know you a little better. Um, no special skills. I'm a decent golfer. Um, but that's, that's, that's about it. Um, something that's not common. I mean, some of maybe people close to me know, but, um, I am a huge um, fan of English soccer. Um, okay. have a, have a team. I, my son and I follow a team over in England and, 
Um, so Saturdays and Sunday mornings, like I don't necessarily get as excited about NFL football. I get excited about getting up at 730 and watching my team play on a Saturday morning uh, across the pond. Actually, the, the neat thing to me always has been uh, I get to watch my team play and it's when they're done, it's still 10 o'clock in the morning. And I got the rest of the day. Um, so, <laughs> right. yeah, that's <laughs> so that, that's something that I mean, I certainly love NFL, I love college football, I love American sports, too. But that's um, kind of become one of my passions in the last uh, several years is really following that game and following the team and was lucky enough to go this past um, right over the, the uh, couple weeks ago, go over and see a game in London um, and, and take part of that. Cool. And that was and with my son. And so that was quite the experience. Yeah. What team? Uh, it's a uh, Tottenham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham Hotspurs. Yeah. They, uh, yep. if, uh, if you're familiar with English soccer, they, they're the yep. butt of the jokes sometimes, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're exciting. Yeah. No, I, I love, so I've been playing soccer since I was a kid. I, I um, don't, I don't watch a lot on TV in large part just because nobody else in the house wants to. My yeah. <laughs> my wife's not a huge fan. My kids are probably still young to get real interested in it. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I love soccer. I still I still play. Uh, but it's um, I, I think just it is it is a fascinating game. But that's I've never gone to a game outside of the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to. I'd love to. It, I that think, was yeah. That was my first one, and actually, it was my my son and I, of course, were just you know we couldn't wait to run our trip. Like we can't wait yeah. for that day to come. Do we go? And, <laughs> but even my even my wife and daughter, who I mean, they they walk by the TV when we're watching it, and kind of hey, did they win today or lose? Just so we know what you know, mood you're going to be in. Right. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> right. They they both they both really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was a little bit different. I mean, it's I guess it's the equivalent. I think of you know, someone maybe going to an NFL or a college football game here with the rabid fans. Like you, it's the same kind yeah. of environment over there. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember. Um, when the world cup was here, I forget what 94, 90, something like yep, that. Right, I went, yep. I got to go to a, um, semifinal game, uh, Italy and Spain. This was wow at the old Foxborough stadium. And when I told you I'm from Boston, so mm -hmm. I don't know, we were like at the top of the stadium, I mean, not good seats, but it was the, I mean, I love, I love football. I, I told you I have like season tickets to the Patriots. Like I, I love that sort of rabid fan base but this was at a whole nother level in in a it, it was it wasn't a u.s team it was it was italy yep. and spain and still like just everybody there was just so passionate about and i i know that's you know kind of watching um i know that's how watching uh you know soccer football if you will in 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 uh europe is it's, it's, it's similar to what we see with our um with our fan base for the nfl yeah, and the thing that's fascinating to me, I think, for instance, you know, the Premier League is, uh, for people who don't know, it's like kind of like the NFL of, of soccer in England. Yeah. That's their their top league. They have other tiers, though, below that. And I think even in, just in the city yeah. of London alone, which, of course, London's a huge city, there's five or six teams that are all in the Premier League. So it'd be like having five or six NFL teams all in Chicago and having enough loyal followers in different right. little sects that they right. all they all still show up and pack the stadium every single week. I mean, Tottenham's main rival, the stadium, is five. They're five miles from each other. And yeah. they both packed the stadium. It's really, <laughs> yeah. it's that, that, that part to me is really fascinating. There's that many people that just, they have their loyal fan bases there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Uh, best way uh, to, I you certainly, uh, I, I always give people direct, just call me. Uh, number is, you know, it's an 800-425-0653. Uh, My direct extension is 1123. Um, that certainly is one way. Uh, if you want to email me, um, it's uh, my first initial S, last name Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R, -E um, at Advanta, 
advanceira.com. Um, certainly can go to advanceira.com as well to learn more and you can find my picture on there and, and connect with me that way too. But yeah, phone call, email, whatever works for you. I'm always happy, like I said, to, to jump on and talk to someone. Um, you know, this is, this, these are great platforms to get the conversation started, but everybody has mm -hmm. their own unique circumstances yeah. and facts that requires that, that personal call. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, final question for you, what piece of advice would you give to someone who is getting started? They want to, and, and you can relate it to, you know, sort of the, the self-directed IRA thing or, or, uh, any, anything, whether business or real estate related, I, I'll, I'll let you take that question in whatever direction you want. Yeah, I think on the investment side, I think especially with the, the self-directed side, and this isn't always the case because most people come to us knowing what, what they want to do. Instead of maybe know your why, it's know your what. Uh, what is it that you want to invest in or what do you want to specialize mm -hmm. in? Because with the diversity of different things you can do, some people can get that paralysis by analysis, right? Where there's, okay, I could do this, I could do that, and I just can't decide between them. I think it helps to really narrow that focus and decide, how much time do I have to devote to something? Uh, what makes, you know, what, what is, what am I, and maybe this goes beyond investments. Like, what am I good at? Um, mm -hmm. or, or my skills will, will translate the best and then focus on it. I don't think you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to with a self-directed IRA buy uh, metals and private placements and different types of real estate. If you know one area that is really where your specialty is, focus on that. I think, again, that can be a, you know, like I said, take it into your professional world as well. If you're really good at something, there's no reason to be a, a, a jack of all trades, you know, be a, be a master of one. Right. So yeah. um, that, that would be, I think my advice. Awesome. That's, that's great. Um, Scott, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. I, I do think this is such an important topic for people to kind of understand just what's, what's available to them. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing everything and, and uh, breaking it down and sharing your knowledge. I appreciate it very much. Oh, Jason, thank you very much for having me on. It was my pleasure. Yeah. And, and folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton of value out of this um, episode. So please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like Scott. And, uh, and thank you all for listening. Hey there. I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?